0: we uh we may not be alone this is the garden of doom welcome everybody into garden of doom and this week we're continuing our journey eastward and mystical uh our guest this week is jason reed who's out of the uk uh, but he has studied in China and Malaysia and probably other places and wrote a book called Practical Chinese Magic, which, as I understand understand, it, might be one of its kind. And in a strange, magical way, I know his publisher, and the publisher is not who introduced us. Um, so it's just weird. I, I found Jason sort of randomly on Twitter, and then he responded, and we chatted for a little bit on Twitter. and you know, And this is our first time actually chatting voice-to-voice, and we're using Skype, so face-to-face. But... Uh, it, it, it's weird that in, in this big world, uh, there's a small world. And uh, so, shout out to Mog Morgan. In some way, you uh, uh, introduced us, and Mog's been on the show twice. So, uh, the Egyptian magic show, and also uh, we did a show earlier on sort of the Egyptian perspective on giants. Um, so, uh, I'm sorry, was it the yeah, Egyptian magic sort of dovetailed with the Egyptian pantheon, and as does. Chinese magic, or as least as as I understand it from my reading of Jason's book. So without further ado, Jason Reed, thank you so much for joining us in the garden. Yeah, you're welcome, and uh, good evening. Good Good. evening to you. So thank you for joining us. I I think the best way to start is just for you to introduce yourself and give your own bio and, and sort of explain how you got into this arena and your journeys and your studies and your, you know, your bona fides, so to speak.
1: Okay. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I'd be more than happy to. Um, so, um, right. Okay, I'm pretty much well, I'm getting sort of more well known as an author of books on Chinese mysticism, philosophy, and magic. Um, I don't want to say Taoism, right, Because there, there is a difference, okay, which I might explain later if sure. we get the chance. We will. Okay, so Taoism da- is a big field. But anyway. So it's a pretty good question. Where did I start from? Okay, I started off in the Western tradition, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like many of the uh, people you've had on the show before. So I started off with the uh, the Hermetic tradition, you know. So rather like Mogg, you know, I studying the Egyptian system, Crowley, and all these kinds of people, the Golden Dawn, and that's where I started. But at the same time as I was doing this, you know since I was about you know so a young teenager, I was also a martial artist, so I studied martial arts too oh. um, and um so I always had that interest in the sort of Asian side of things um, which goes in which goes hand in hand with martial arts now, if you know anything about martial arts, martial arts isn't just fighting you right. know, um, it's has a, so there's a whole lifestyle to it, and a whole belief system, which is a really good window into the Chinese um, philosophical world of you life.
0: Right, everybody. Uh, you know anybody who's ever seen kung fu movies know that there's always monks involved, warrior monks, the Shaolings monks, and yeah, you know, as much you know, sort of a stark difference between Western monks. I mean, the whole thing about Friar Tuck is that he was a monk, and they thought he was easy pickings, but he was a sort of a fat warrior. Um, but in sure. Chinese, uh, yeah, I mean,
1: yeah. You, I mean, you could argue with the Templars as well. You know, they were true you know, hardcore. You know, sort of, uh,
0: yeah. warriors and. Right, but, but more exceptions to the rules, sort of, yeah, I mean, you know, ever, everything during the Crusader, you know, they, they blurred it for whatever reasons.
1: Yeah, but, right. yeah,
0: But it wasn't embedded <laughs> in the culture like it is in Chinese. It's, it's sure, like you said, hand sure. in hand.
1: So, um, so martial arts was a, really, was a window for me into the, the world of Chinese spirituality and philosophy, more philosophy, because at this stage, uh, my teachers didn't really know anything about Know Chinese magic, um, Mm. to be blunt about it. I mean, they knew some ideas about you know basic Chinese philosophy, which is part of gong fu or kung fu, as it's said in the west, Mm. which is like things like Gong which is like certain breathing, meditational exercises to um, um, which, which um, uses the energy of qi, which is universal energy. Um, so I'm trying to. Um, put that in a nutshell at the moment. There's more to it. So, and there's also Chinese medicine ideas, which are inherent in the uh, Chinese Gong Fu. And that's my first window into that um, Chinese spiritual experience. But for me, it wasn't enough. Um, at this time, I was also in the military, um, I was in the Royal Navy, um, I, I was um, a language analyst, you know. Uh, and uh, I was traveling the world. Uh, one of the countries that I stopped for was was uh, Singapore. Um, um, and that's when I really investigated uh, Chinese spirituality for the first time by actually going to temples and things like this. And I just felt a connection, which, I, which I'd never felt before, which I didn't feel with the Western stuff, like the Hermetic tradition I was doing before. And I thought, ah, this is it this is what I've been looking for and from from obviously I couldn't run away at that point you
0: know right but, you know you Take go away I'd while sort of like a vagabond sailor
1: in the you know uh, temples so um, I did my term of, my term of service um, and at the end of that I'd saved up enough money to go to Asia and look for a teacher Um which was hard, which was actually a very difficult thing to find and do. Uh, I'm sure. Um, So I went back to Singapore mainly because um, there's not such a large large language or cultural barrier, which means that um, they speak English. Um, So it's a good good place for me to learn learn the basics of Chinese spirituality. And that's when I met my first teacher. And he comes from a tradition called Shan, uh, which is a, a kind of Taoist folk magic. And I use Taoist in very loose terms here. It's think, not the Taoism that people would actually be familiar with.
0: Well, let's it's make that right. distinction now. I mean, in, in whatever simplest terms you can. What is okay. the Taoism that people are familiar with, and what is this Taoism, okay. just so we have our terminology straight okay. going forward?
1: I made the distinction like this. Okay, you have, just like in the West, you have the church, like Mm -hmm. you have the Catholic Church or the Methodist, the Anabaptist, whatever. Um, You would call these Orthodox. Okay. But then you have like these other spiritual, spiritual, spiritual seeking groups like Wicca. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, um, I guess Freemasonry to a certain extent, the Golden Dawn, uh, these kind of things, yeah. Um, and I suppose ancient Gnosticism, right. which is the esoteric wing of Christianity if you like, and it's the same in Asian culture. You have your popular forms, yeah. You know, you do your Tai Chi and you do your Qi Gong and you sit on a mountain and meditate, and you, maybe you learn some medicine and then, and, and worship the gods. Um, it's about merit and being a good person. Then you have these other groups, which is has all those aspects as well, like qigong or in internal alchemy and medicine and healing and also self development and magic. And these these groups are more like the latter. They're more like the it's like the difference between the Catholic Church and Voodoo, for example.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah. Which with like, a huge difference. Sure, yeah, but there's an underlying similar philosophy there, and some of the symbolism is is used. Right. Uh, so that that's the general difference. And Mao Shan is one of these schools, like a magical school, rather than a religious school. If you see the difference.
0: Yeah, I mean, for those people who are familiar with the MCU, you would think the difference between a, a regular uh, Taoist temple and you know that you know I can't even remember the name was, but wherever Doctor Strange goes, to that giant temple where they're training people, and <laughs> yeah, when he goes through the portal with the Wong, I, I can't I'm sorry, I can't believe I can't remember. The name. So, some Marvel geek I am, but anyway, you know it's just more more spiritual. Uh, And with more come, you know, more is a small word, only four letters, but there's a lot that comes with more. But I I think that's enough for, you know, our purpose to know that there's Taoism, sort of the more formal philosophy religion, uh, which is, you know, sort of a combination of animism and polytheism. uh, uh, And then Taoism, which has a lot of those elements, but then more mystical uh, and goes even further spiritually.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, But they're both. They're both good in their own way. Sure. You know, I'm not. I'm not dissing on Orthodox Taoism. You know, it's a
0: it's a perfectly valid system that's suitable for a certain type of people. Now, this is but the then, Garden of Doom. You never have to worry about that. The people who are listening here, unless they're first time listeners, so maybe they should pay attention. But the people who are listening to the show know that, that you know this, this is almost always a no judgment zone. That we are we are just here to learn what someone else knows from their perspective. And we're not doing any conversion here, or we're not doing any active conversions here. If somebody in the audience gets converted because they love what they hear from someone, terrific. But we're just we're just trying to get information sure. so people are exposed to stuff, and mostly things that I don't know about, um, because that's what this show is: it's things I don't know about but we would like to learn something about. But instead of reading yeah. or researching, I I find someone like you.
1: Sure, it's a good it's
0: a good philosophy.
1: <laughs> Um, anyway, so yeah, um, so that's my first teacher was in Singapore, and I had the benefit of um, having that teaching in English, and I was I was learning Chinese, but I still wasn't that good, you know. Um, <laughs> right. So uh, Mandarin, you know, and uh, and so I I was learning um, the techniques in English and also in Mandarin, so I could build up a, a, a vocabulary of um, sort of like Chinese terms because they're. It's like a technical vocabulary, the same as you have in any other subject. And I, you know, um, I learned with this teacher for two years, um, which is a really interesting experience. Um, for example, some of the basic concepts in my book come from his teachings, like um, how to set up an altar, um, the relevance of the Big Dipper, and stuff like that, which we'll go into later. Yep. Um, and then after that. Um, I really want to get back to the roots of the Mao Shan tradition specifically, because that's my tradition, that's what I was initiated into, that's a lineage. And he suggested that I go to China, but I would have a real hard time finding it. So that's what I did. So I went to China and um obviously it's a very different culture in China, you know,
0: right. where a cultism can land you in jail. Right. You know, so I noted that in the book that, uh, that, that it's outlawed, and that uh, a lot of people who, you know, let's just call them pilgrims, such, such as yourself, but not even from the outside, inside China, that it, it's outlawed for the, the, the folk, citizens of China and, you know, visitors just the same. Sure. Um, yeah, they, they yeah.
1: label it out as superstition, you know, even though several of the party leaders have been caught with their own magicians, you know.
0: Well, part, party leadership has its privileges, right? It's like Napoleon yeah, the Pig said, not all true. pigs are created equal. So, Yeah, and that's
1: not uniquely Chinese, unfortunately. No, unfortunate. it is
0: not. No, it's not. It, it is not uniquely anything. It, it's, yeah, it, 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 it's probably the exceptions are more unique than than the rule itself. But yeah, but... Uh, I absolutely. But just to point out that it, it was a particularly dangerous place to be doing this at a dangerous time. I mean, this is... This is Within the last in this century, right? I mean, this is in the twenty-first sure. century, and you have sort of the Chinese, you know, sort of the Chinese really see this as the age of China, and you know, sort of the the state is is you know sort of the new the new god, so to speak. Sure.
1: Um, yeah. So um, so in, in China, it could land you in trouble. You? showing an interest in occultism, but Taoism's okay. It has its own state-run Taoist um, organization, you know, saying. So, You could go to their temples and learn Taoism. Oh, okay, cool. Um, But occultism specifically is banned. Right. Um, So you you can imagine that the the main temples have a lot of stuff missing Mm -hmm. from their syllabus.
0: Yeah.
1: So I was interested in trying to find a folk tradition, um, uh, um, specifically Maoshan, which I was interested in and had already been initiated into. And, you know, I was going through social media um, looking for just specifically through booksellers and people like that, because there's an, actually an underground occult network in China, you know, with people swapping books and stories and techniques. Right. Which is, re- which is really fascinating. And by then, my, my Chinese was pretty good, you know, because uh, you know, I've been studying two years. in immersion. And so I was on uh, things like Weixin or WeChat and Weibo, which is kind of social media platforms, and. Obviously, a lot of it's anonymous and through VPNs. Right. And I was trying to find a teacher, but it didn't really come to much fruit. You know, because people were too, you know, scared. A couple that I did come across were usually some guy who'd, you know, read a couple of books and you know, making not making it up, but you know, they weren't really in a lineage or anything. Um, But during my time there, um, through these, you know. Um, on social media, through talking about these books and these topics, I did meet a girl, and later became my wife. Ah, I'm still my wife.
0: I Very should, good, I say. Very good, even better.
1: Okay. Right. Um. Yeah. I don't sort of my. Uh, I don't want to sleep with one open, one eye open tonight. Okay. So, um. So.
0: Well, you can cast the spell of protection. I, I read about it in your book.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Right. Uh, right. So they, yeah, so through her, I was introduced to her family, um, the Liang family. And that's how I met my long-term Maoshan teacher, um, Dr. Liang, or Master Liang. Doctor it's not actually a university doctor. Okay. It's just a polite term. So, um, and I studied with him for 12 years in Hunan, in a place called Yueyang, which is like in, Quite near
0: the famous mountain, called, um, Hong Hong Shan, Yes, is, well, um, I noticed that the you know, as you point out, the mountains are holy, and you know, in China, is huge, so there were multiple ones. So, uh, you know, it's sort of a figure of Mount Olympus, home of the gods, but in, in China, there's multiple mountains and, and mountains.
1: Yeah, there's, there's yeah. five main ones, right? Right, so
0: we could call it that, excuse my Chinese
1: guys, that's okay. You might, you might want to know some of the terms
0: as long as you don't go for too long in chinese that's that's fine, but I think it's great if you throw it in every now and then. it adds, it adds authenticity
1: right okay right so yeah so um then that's my story you know um so uh, and but because of political pressures and um in China with the new guy um I, I was not new now, but it was then hmm. um me and Vicky, that's my wife's name, we decided to come back to England and at the same time preserve this teaching, which we feel is going to be lost in a generation or two. And that's when we decided to, A, create a small organisation in um, in my hometown in England for people that are interested. Um, also, publish some books and let people know um, what a banner tradition looks like. You know, and um, give them an opportunity to learn and new tradition which i think is a um which is representative of chinese magic in general actually
0: yeah well i find in this year also people are looking for something and they're all looking for something different and special and you know people have probably tried a bunch of things that haven't worked so maybe they'll you know maybe the timing right Um, Right.
1: so i think what it really for me is about is not so much one person trying to find new things but uh, um, I think, I just think it's time to have more openness about these things. I mean, let's take on the 19th century, for example. You had, like, Madame Blavatsky. Mm-hmm. You know, she, she was teaching about, you know, theosophy and this kind of thing and uh, claiming it was from Tibet, you know, and, like, who had these Tibetan masters, you know, you know, like, beaming out purple rays in their third eye, and teaching, <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. Right. You know, which actually quite informs the writers of Dr. Strange, by
0: the way. Yes, so, I, I was thinking the you know, same thing. the
1: Hidden Brotherhood in the Himalayas and all that sort of thing. Right. Um,
0: but we know that's not really that true. You know, well... Spoiler! It is. Not,
1: <laughs> right. You know, but there actually is a genuine Tibetan tradition. Right. Yeah. You know, uh, um, Lama is a more, if you want to call it,
0: Absolutely. Tantric
1: Yoga, that sort of thing. And now there are many, and because of the generosity of some teachers oh, and translators, and masters who have come from Tibet to share them. We don't have to hide behind this uh, fiction anymore. You, know, we, you can actually go in and explore that thing. And that's what I want. That's what I'm trying to do. Okay. You know, open up
0: that path. So we have so, your, we got your creation story, your origin story, so to speak. So I think that is a really good segue or introduction into uh, you know, Chinese magic and Chinese uh, ancient Chinese religion, which is, still survives in some quarters sure. to date. Uh, same. So I, I think a great place to start is, in fact, the creation myth. And I think people who have listened to this show frequently or just mythology buffs, you might hear some similarities to some other stories that you have heard. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I think it's a great place to start with creation. Oh, yeah,
1: sure. I mean, uh, for the Chinese, um, the um, creation always begins with, like, most um – Sort of nations, cultures with chaos. You know, this nothing is in order. Right. It's disorganized. You know, um, there, there, there are the elements and the potential kind of existing, but not not functional in any way, not manifest in any way. So, um, yeah. So um, create, creation begins there. It's like a hun. So then there's the myth that within this chaos there was an egg and in the egg um, grew a giant called Pangu and um, and this all sounds very familiar especially if you know Norse mythology by the way mm-hmm. and this egg broke and this giant came out and he kind of like separated yin and yang to bring in the polarities and then um, this giant died right, <laughs> right. Like, you know, everything has a beginning and an end, and so his skull became the heavens, and his bones became the mountains. A really familiar myth to anyone who's familiar with any ancient culture at all, right? Like, um, so for example, like uh, Yma in Norse mythology, same pretty much the same story, you know, and there's a version in um, sort of uh, uh, India and, and someone, and So, really it points to that microcosm, macrocosm thing, um, which is the
0: kind of esoteric essence of that story. And it really makes, this is just a a footnote that has little to do with your direct presentation, but it really puts a crimp in my working theory that whoever started the Indo-European languages had sort of this universal story that everyone adopted, but Chinese is not part of the Indo-European language family. So, it's even, so, either... Either the order, the chronology, is different, or there was interaction, or there's something to chaos, and then a giant, a giant yeah, comes out well, of an I,
1: egg. I think I think you're close, though. I think the root is shamanism, okay, which is what Indo-Europeans and Chinese share in common. So it, it seems to be a a shamanic, and I, I use the word, but it's not a word I like to use, because it's
0: specifically to a certain culture, like it gives us an idea of what we're talking about. So we you need know? to find the first shaman, not the first language necessarily. Because one, yeah. one will find the other. Yeah, I think shamanism is a very much misused word, and I'm misusing it right now. So excuse me. <laughs>
1: right, so so I think the, 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 the very roots of religion and the human spirituality and philosophy is shamanism. Okay. Which is basically an interaction with the spirit world. Um, It's the looking at our lives um, and nature and trying to find out the hidden reality behind that, of which that physical reality is an expression. And that's basically it. Something goes wrong here. A shaman's idea is to transcend that physical reality and peek behind the the curtain of physical reality, if you like, to see what's going on. You know, like we see a clock. The clock doesn't
0: work Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. We open up the clock and have a look at all the gears inside. With me, they just spring everywhere, right? <laughs> I break the damn thing, but I should, and that's kind of what shamanism does, you know. And, um, and I'm not quite sure where it began, yeah. Some people will argue it's like kind of the Iranian Peninsula, you know, the Iranian area or the Mesopotamian area. And so, man, I don't think it really matters that much, I don't think we're ever going to. These cultures share this philosophy. is really you should really tell us something because another people that had a similar philosophy were the aborigines too, and a similar story, which which throws off the Indo-European idea even more. You know, so
0: oh, for sure, yeah, no, whatever it is didn't start in Europe. I mean, that that, that's almost guaranteed. Yeah, well, maybe it's maybe it's uh, uh, a part
1: of the development of the human mind that needs to go through this stage. Symbolism, who knows? Like, okay. Anyway, so you had, you had all this mess, which is the physical universe, but it's still not perfect. So you have these other two gods. One's called Nuwa, who's like a dragon goddess, mm-hmm. okay, or a snake goddess, you know. Um, um, and then you had her um, husband. And again, got that polarity thing going on, that Adam and Eve thing. Or Isis and Osiris, which Mark would appreciate, yeah. and so on. So the so you have this polarity, and they basically were meant to have organized the universe. If you like, the giant is the Titan, which dies. And then you have the new the new lot right. yeah, which come across, you know, like Olympians and so on, who put everything in order. Yeah. They make the sky separate from the separate from the earth. They build the mountains, and so on. This is what new are. And unfortunately, they create living creatures. And they have the help of the the four animals, which is really four directions. Mm -hmm. Okay. Or four cardinal points, four principles. Yeah. Uh, Which comes from, which is another thing you'll find in every spirituality. Because one thing that makes mankind unique is we stand upright. We can orientate ourselves in four directions in a certain kind of, Way so the cardinal points become important in most traditions as a basis
0: of spiritual spiritual orientation, if you like. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, um, lots of like churches are built east to west, you know, with the yeah, that's you know, I mean, where you get the
1: word orientation from, from yeah. building churches that they faced east,
0: you know, so. in invaded cultures. The Indians always sleep with their heads south, uh, you know, which is something I recently so, yeah. I mean a lot of things that we don't even think about is sort of embedded in our world is based on the four cardinal points, you know, and also na- helps with navigation as well. Sure,
1: right. Yeah, um, spiritual navigation and physical navigation are two uh-huh. ideas. Uh, um, you, could, you could take, for example, the Big Dipper as pointing north to giving you spiritual orientation, and so it symbolizes destiny to fate. That kind of thing, and where we're going, um, and um, the the Feng Shui compass, the Lo Pan, not to be confused with um,
0: the big bad guy and Big Trouble in Little China. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> great, great and, movie, by the
1: way. Yeah, of course it is. You know, <laughs> that's was one of the was one of the paths that led me here. Oh. right. So you uh, even I wasn't out of Green eyed versions at the time. So you yeah, have the lo the the lo pan which is like a feng shui compass which is central to a lot of uh, uh chinese traditions um particularly feng shui kind of, yeah. Yeah.
0: so okay so we're up to the the four directions and the four animals um i, I can't remember which animals there were i remember there's one the vermilion bird which what, what's vermilion red Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's but funny. it's got.
1: But it's got. Is you know. Um. It's got. It's got the implication that it's like cinnabar in Chinese. Cinnabar is like this red stuff, like right? like this. It's like a mineral,
0: you know. So. Okay. So okay. But that's cool because I mean you know people know the phoenix, they know thunderbirds, they know firebirds, you know vermilion. Sure. I don't know if it's the same or not, but it's interesting. And so the other three, I think, turtle or tortoise was one.
1: Yeah the, the northern turtle which is um, now there's a there's a reason why you, there is the turtle which is quite interesting because a lot of people think of like a Terry Pratch or something you know, right?
0: But, uh-huh. right
1: but the you know Indian chi he called from Indian philosophy actually but it's all about the turtle shell actually right because the turtle shell has a certain number of um is it hexagons but there's also the the number the numbers of um which were used for um like, if you count the, the turtle shell um, segments is it, on the outside... is did,
0: it, like, always 13, something like that?
1: Yeah, it, um, it, yeah, it's got certain correspondence to certain Chinese numerology things, you know, so, and, and the way they kept time in the Shang dynasty. So there's more to it than that. It's not just, you know, a turtle. There's symbolism behind right. this. And then you have the, the, the obviously, the, the azure dragon, and you have the um, uh, the last one, white tiger, um, which I'm sure every ta- you know, ancient
0: tattoo person knows. So. White tiger, <laughs> sure. white tiger, you know, what was it? Yeah, everyone knows white dragon, and and Azor for those, is, Azor is blue, so the blue dragon.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean that's interesting itself because ancient Chinese don't distinguish between um, blue and green, oh, like uh, okay. Right? Like in in Japan today, um, the they don't have a green light; they have a blue light, but
0: it's actually green. (laughs) Gotcha. (laughs) I understood that'd be something that I guess one would have to get used to. Um, So there was also so animism, you know, is often associated with shamanism, but it seems like animism and polytheism developed almost simultaneously, or at least rather quickly which as a side note is sort of interesting to me because uh, when you do comparative mythologies, one of the things about the Greek mythology is that all the gods were basically humanized. They were, you know, anthropomorphized, which sort of was a new thing. I'm not sure it was as new. I mean, if you look at some Sumerians, some were human, some weren't. And if you, you know, it depends what you want to call a God, the Greeks, the Gorgons, there are plenty of monsters and whatever. So I'm, I'm not sure it was, you know, Uniquely Greek, but let's just say there was. But it's certainly uniquely. Let's just call it uniquely Greek from sort of, you know, maybe Western East uh, India on. But Chinese, right away you had uh, human gods. Um, you had these the, uh, I think it was the Five Emperors, and and then you have yeah. the old ones, which I'm not sure what I'm not sure what the difference is between the old ones and the Five Emperors, but that, that's. I'm not sure if I'm skipping ahead in the story either, so I'm going to let you pick that up.
1: Well, yeah. There's also another interesting aspect of this, is that a lot of the Chinese, what we call Chinese gods, were dead people, originally ancestors.
0: Ancestors, right.
1: So here's one difference. A lot of these gods can actually trace back to people who were living, right? And, you know, to be dramatic, now are dead, right? And they kind of like went up through the ranks, you know, um, through, um, through great feats, they were remembered you know and uh, they became
0: gods in their own time well that's been so copied like, that, I mean Enoch was human had children and ascended Muhammad went off to heaven I mean one of the big the, the whole Shi'i Sunni thing is a disagreement between Muhammad's you know like grandchildren basically um, sure. so this is this is this has been repeated so people think oh it's just ancient uh-uh, not that ancient yeah. You're just yeah. not looking for it, you know? Yeah. I mean,
1: yeah, so, there's a, so the ancestors have a, you know, like in most shamanism, you know, the ancestors are really important. Mm-hmm. And keeping that continuity between the living and the dead was a really important aspect of every culture. Um, and I'm not just talking about Chinese culture. Like the Romans did it and the Greeks did it, you know. And the Egyptians did it, you know. Of the
0: ancient Britons, they did in, Sure. You no,
1: know, so um, so keeping this continuity uh, between the living and the dead was very important in the Chinese tradition. So much so that you know that these ancestors became gods. You know, so a lot of the gods that you're familiar with, like uh, Jade Emperor, you know, was once a sort of human being. You know, and um, a lot of those. What's that they look like generals well they look like generals because they were generals like um and all these kind of guys the kitchen god was a guy who was so righteous that he, he had to he for some reason he had to you know commit suicide oh. and so the kitchen god became a, um um like in every you know i'm sure he's familiar with every chinese home you know, So there's a really interesting idea that a lot of the gods aren't aren't just um, animistic, even though there are those ones too,
0: Mm -hmm. I should point out.
1: Um, But a lot of the gods are actually ancestors; they're very human, you
0: know, and And very practical things. The kitchen god, I mean, that's basically bounty. That's that you need food to eat. I mean. You know, it's know, it's, yeah. it's not like Julia child this is this <laughs> the, the kitchen it's oh, the yeah. kitchen and we 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 have the same in the west too
1: like the Vesta in Rome you know basically a, I mean kitchen makes it sound you know a bit you know strange but maybe a hearth a hearth a god would right. sound would be more to the more accurate to what that kind of represents the heart of the home right you know where the fire is where the warmth the light you know and like you say um nourishing or transforming things that could, that aren't nourishing into something nourishing. <coughs> You've seen my point.
0: So, Absolutely. Um, yeah.
1: So, uh, I'm just my voice.
0: That, that's right. Yeah. Take a sip. Refresh your voice. <clears throat> okay. Right. That's better. Much. Yeah. <laughs> right. We don't so, want yeah, guests to so, struggle. I, I, if I had tea, I could, I would cyber offer you some.
1: Yeah right, yeah, so um so that's one of so that's a really um unique idea in China, or well, seems unique but actually you um this idea that uh, gods are, a gods are and a lot of the gods are ancestors and um and b, the fact that your ancestors, which you keep in relationship with can also um go up the ranks, so to speak, you know.
0: Who are who are the old ones and and are they is it just another word for something we've already covered or is that something different altogether and i want to tell you why yeah. i'm uh particularly yeah, old ones it refers to ancestors really okay it's not
1: it's not lovecraftian or
0: anything, right i was thinking about the uh, lovecraftian and also babylon fiveian where they had the yeah. the, the old ones are the, the the first ones they called them and then yeah. we, we met the first one and he was a bit underwhelming but anyway uh <laughs> never meet your heroes i guess right
1: yeah. Right. So, yeah. So the old, the old ones This just living is that people from the old time. So.
0: Okay. And there's a lot of, so, for for those, you know, the, I keep interjecting, but for, for those, there's, you're going to hear a lot of numbers repeat. So there's a lot of, I mean, yeah, we have the four cardinal points. There's nothing, you know, particularly interesting in that, because it's the four cardinal points, but you have the five emperors. You have a lot, you're, we're going to hear, the, so listen for the number five and listen for the number seven. And just in, in some contrast, the number seven here uh, usually refers to, maybe not always, to the Big Dipper, the amount of stars in the Big Dipper, which is very important in everything we're talking about here. Um, but, it, you know, but seven is sort of important in lots of cultures, maybe every culture. Now, it's often associated with the Pleiades, the, the seven sisters. Now, I have no idea why that's different, and and why the Pleiades, you know, people say because the Pleiades points to something. It's like uh, Orion's bow shooting the arrow, and it's those. Yeah. I, I don't know why that's particularly. Well, I think the the on maybe I'm actually going to give another
1: star cluster, the Hyades, which signifies spring. You
0: know, right. like it would important. Right? right, but the Big Dipper, as you point out, points to the North Star. Um, and so, and also because it's a ladle, in your book you also point out that it it sort of fills different things, like including the soul. Um, and I guess what fills can empty as well, if if, if you look at that way. But uh, seven repeats in lots of cultures, but it's it's a different star cluster. The significance of that is beyond me at this point. But uh, for frequent listeners who intend to listen, go on. Don't you know that's going to be something that I'm sure we're going to come upon uh, over and over again.
1: Yeah, I mean um yeah the Big Dipper, a uh, huge um, symbolism in China. Um did in Egypt too actually. Um, which probably Mock could like fill you out on. He knows more about that side than I do.
0: Oh I'm gonna uh, when uh, next I talk to him and I, I will again. I you know it, yeah, he's he's been on twice already. Uh, but uh, I'll I'll hit him so, up with that.
1: So like like you say, the Big Dipper was considered like um pointing to the immovable. Like, um, from the human point of view, you know, the sky moves around us. You know, I know it doesn't really, right? It appears to, right? Um, But at the top, there's a point that never moves, and that's come to symbolize the Tao, you know, or the the point of immovability, which is immortality, never changes in the cycle of yin and yang, which you might be familiar with from the Yi Jin, and so as well as ladling
0: qi, a heavenly qi, qian qi. Now, is qi the same thing? Tian, um, yeah. I have so many Marvel references, and forgive me for being tripe, but clearly you understand them as well. So is qi the same thing that Iron Fist channels? Not not in the same way yeah. necessarily, but that's... Yeah,
1: I mean, popular culture references to qi. You know? I mean, popular culture is a
0: good reference point, actually, for people unfamiliar with it. Sure. I, and I'm not saying I mean, that the the importance of chi is that you can put it in your fist and and you know knock out a dragon or or knock down a wall but that is to be though, though. Right? No, sure, of course. I mean, <laughs> who wouldn't want that? But but uh, that's what he's channeling. That's how he harnesses that energy though. I mean, it's almost like the force sort of. Yeah.
1: but Oh my god, hold on. Um yeah, so yeah, you're right. Um, so um, sorry something just popped up on my screen
0: that's
1: okay okay right so yeah I mean mean, George Lucas was obviously inspired by Asian philosophy must have got that you know idea from you know um, martial arts which were popular in the 70s with Bruce Lee films absolutely I
0: don't know whether
1: does Kung Fu come after or before Star Wars
0: oh before before well yeah yeah right
1: okay right yeah, so, it looked, but anyway, in the 70, in the early 70s, there was a big, you know, interest in Asian things, you know, which I'm sure George Lucas was got caught up yeah, in. He too. was
0: influenced by a bunch of stuff. As it turns out, he wasn't that great a writer. He just sort of got it all together first.
1: Right. Yeah, well.
0: People are yeah, going to well, hate I mean, me now. Sorry. Yeah, I mean,
1: but you're waiting for the hate mail on that one. You know, so.
0: What were the <laughs> Jedis? The Jedis were warrior monks. Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, um, so you know, you've got that idea. You've got all those ideas. You know, um, the the force is basically the idea of chi or prana, or whatever
0: you want to call and it. And the Sith is the duality. They're the uh, bad guy warrior monks, or are they the bad guys? I don't know. That's that's a yeah. different show, different argument <laughs> 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 discussion. Right.
1: Um, so anyway, yeah. Um, so the the so the Big Dipper was considered to be like a a, a channel of this gene. and so something um, it reflects in the microcosm again. The idea of seven, and there are seven um, centers in, in people, yeah, you know, you know um, which tied to Chinese medicine, and not only Chinese medicine, but Chinese alchemy, right? Which is about self transformation. Hmm. So we don't we don't think. I'm sorry how, how, I should point out I don't think this is actually the big difference is actually we, we know it's like stars which are millions right. of miles apart in reality light years. Right. And, and but it's a, it's a symbol and the symbol the symbol that is there uh, not by chance but by uh, i don't know uh, what's the word I can use by Des- the, design
0: design That's, yeah. for
1: our for our perception yeah yeah it's hard to explain exactly. So we don't actually literally think the Big Dipper is throwing out all this power, but for for the for the human perception here on Earth in this time and place, these patterns have a meaning.
0: Right, and if it's always pointing to the North Star, it sort of pretty much you know appears it's at least pointing to the same direction all the time, even though it may rotate from the yeah. earthly perspective. And yeah, and,
1: and that's important too.
0: Yeah, and, and because the Chinese have uh, you know it looks like they don't just have I mean. I don't. I think when we get into astrology, meaning the collective, we other guests and things like that, and some of the past shows, you know, we sort of think of the the Western zodiac, and I think people are familiar with the Chinese zodiac from going to Chinese restaurants in the year of this and year of that. But the Chinese yeah. have multiple zodiacs. They have a zodiac tied to Jupiter. They have a zodiac tied to the moon, and I'm sure everyone else does too. It's just not as prominent uh, or as well known. But um, I, I find that to be very interesting as well, and and I'm sure you're you're, you're probably getting there.
1: Yeah, sure. I understand what you mean. I mean, these are ways of just looking at things that look like chance and trying to find patterns in them. Yeah. Um, And then applying those patterns to how we live to uh, live with nature, Um, to understand change, Um, because change is probably one of the only certain things we have in our life. You know, by clinging to things and hoping they don't change is endowed in, like, a ridiculously stupid thing to do. Right. So you will be unhappy if you do this.
0: Right. Change is the right. only constant and there's the ancient Chinese curse, may you live in interesting times, which doesn't sound like a curse until you <laughs> think about it.
1: Yeah, right. Until COVID hits,
0: of course. I mean, or the rest yeah. of it. <laughs> or, you know, there's there's no, no shortage of interesting times and um, you know, that doesn't mean your favourite movie's coming out.
1: <laughs> yeah, but quite often those interesting times are where we grow the most, you know.
0: You would argue ah, well that that's that's true that's a very uh, uh who, who's, I, well I don't I don't know who came up with it but you know through 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 war comes growth
1: yeah or um the, or progress
0: is in direct proportion to resistance oh that's a good one but i I know that you know you have to burn a forest and let it regrow to replenish and so yeah, exactly I, all right i'm I'm done with my metaphors
1: <laughs> <laughs> we could get some t-shirts done
0: I know we right, so Cutting. Right. Um So, it, yeah, so anyway,
1: um, so yeah, I mean, there's some interesting ideas there about the Big Dipper. I sort of explained that we don't literally think that you know, those six or seven stars happen. And maybe that's why it also explains why different cultures just choose different seven stars, like the Pleiades or whatever. Absolutely. It's not stars that are important so much. But the, the, you know, the idea that they can find a pattern. And make a be meaning from it which they can apply to their life or
0: perhaps in my like, I always have to have one conspiracy theory popping up, but perhaps it was an offshoot of the school who were on the Big Dipper and they said, no, they've got the wrong stars and they had their followers <laughs> and and they were chased out and they had a you know they they found their way to Australia or whatever
1: yeah but yeah I mean yeah I mean it's possible sure you, know, you just never know right so um so yeah, that sort of covers those ideas at the Big Dipper. Um, The 12 signs is interesting. Um, A lot of people are familiar with the Chinese zodiac. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'm a snake, I'm a monkey, and all that sort of thing. But actually, most people are only familiar with year of. You know, like year of. But actually, there's a month of, a day of, and an hour of as well. So it actually gets a lot more down, you
0: know, I, I, read, I read it in your book. I mean, even though, listen, I, I, candor to the audience. I read the book, but I skimmed over some of the chants and the, you know, I'm not, I was looking to expect to become a magician after one reading of it. I wanted to prepare for the interview. But even then in my skimming, I could see that on certain months and certain days, it was like something like you couldn't eat duck because that was bad luck. And like the ninth and the 13th were bad luck days in certain things and you couldn't practice certain things on certain days or everything would go wrong. And it's, I mean, it, it gets down into, I mean, real, real yeah, they, detail. Yeah,
1: basically these things represent the, the five elements of yin and yang. That's why, so by looking at these combinations of the elements, you know, it's like paper, scissors and stones.
0: Well, by the yeah, way, we, we probably well. should say what the five elements are because I think most people think of the yeah, four so. elements. You know, they know they know earth, wind, and fire, and, and then the you know, and then oh yeah, water. Right. But uh, the, the Chinese have five elements, and that's really yeah, important. Right. Um,
1: yeah. So um, actually, the the Indians and the Japanese do as well. Cool. Right. So um, so we've got um, wood. This is generally the first element, which represents growth when things first begin okay the first thing to point out actually about the elements is that or the is that're like not actually substances you know in the same sense that Plato would have thought of the five elements or Aristotle but stages in the nature of the change of something
0: right and okay. they all point to each other in sort of you know yes. a, a circular arrow
1: so you take you take any vibration um, I hate using this one because it sounds new way to you right um, but I mean in a literal way as well. Take any vibration as a beginning and an end. And the five elements can be put along that vibration. Um, so you can see um, its life cycle. So wood is its beginning, its end, its enthusiasm, its beginning. Um, and so wood um, sort of leads to fire. You know, so, you know, faster action leads to excitement. You know, um, it, it combusts if you like and that turns to soil yeah, or ash if you like but ash becomes metal and then metal becomes when well, it melts water and then water nourishes wood and you go back on that cycle right. so the so it has five elements but they're not to be considered things which are separate by themselves but parts of a circle a cycle okay. so really important distinction to make yep. Okay.
0: And so I just it's about noticed transformation and change. And I just noticed you have the five elements and you have the duality. Well, the five plus two is seven. Yeah, exactly.
1: And not, not only that, but, um you can have yin and yang stages of those elements too. Right. right. So um you can have like um you know, it yang wood becomes yin wood, then yin wood becomes um Yang or fire and so on like that, so you have this cycle as well. So when we say, oh, maybe it's not best, it's best not to do something on this certain day, it sounds really superstitious, yeah. You know, like don't walk under a ladder mm-hmm. on a Friday the thirteenth or something. But it's actually about analysing the vibration of the elements on a on a particular day, at a particular time, according to a Chinese calendar, mm-hmm. which has been going on going since you know roughly, a, you know. Right back to the Shang Dynasty.
0: Yeah, so, uh, how um, old is the Shang Dynasty, just for some reference? Uh, you know, whatever oh. it is, BC. Yeah,
1: you, you look at it is, it's so old it's uncertain,
0: but it goes back to roughly the Neolithic times. Okay, so uh, that would be what, like 10,000 to 5,000 BC? Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, maybe older. We, we don't yeah, quite so know. Yeah, so some
1: of the elements of that were there, but the Shang Dynasty is incredibly long.
0: Yeah. Right. yeah. I mean, so, the creation myth, you noted that, that, that they said that it took 18,000 years, which is in stark contrast yeah. to uh, seven days. You know, One of those days was rest. So, yeah,
1: right.
0: Very, very but, specific I mean, name. All, yeah, very specific number. There.
1: Symbol, these are all symbolic numbers, of course. You know, like, I don't think it was literally 18,000, but it yeah. was a, a thing. But now we know that, you know, the Big Bang, you know, it's probably in a second or less you know, so creation didn't take that long,
0: you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, other yeah, the Big Bang is something that I, I just can't wrap my head around. I'm not rejecting it. I just don't. I just, yeah. it's just, it's too astronomical for my little pea brain, you know, to, to right. comprehend.
1: Yeah, mine too. You know, it's a, an, um, but, but I think it ties in with um, a lot of these Um, Asian and Western philosophies, too.
0: I do, too, which I find to be amazing because the Big Bang's a rather new theory, and science is supposed to be at odds with religion and philosophy, and it seems like not so much.
1: Yeah. Well, if you actually look at the history of science, it was basically... um, especially an offshoot of religion anyway hermetic religion you
0: know. yeah yeah, yeah. What, what they call a natural philosophy uh during yeah, the renaissance I, or age of enlightenment whatever y'all call it so, <laughs> so okay so we I, I sidetracked you somewhere i we were doing the five elements uh and then in my notes i sort of yeah I, I just sort of write it wrote write it i sort of wrote down things that may not be in any particular order but i know the i ching is very important and i don't know exactly what that is i know the i ching is read through hexagrams uh and i know that there's also something called feng shui or feng shui and i know a lot of people know about feng shui through sort of constant redecorating and and that's sort of like the you know the commercialized version of it and and certainly not the interior interior decor yeah Yeah. (laughs) um okay yeah so um
1: yeah, these are some of the traditional five arts of Taoism. You know. um, like divination was one of them, um, and that and that includes yijing. Okay, but what a lot of people don't realise is that yijing. There, there are quite a few ways of doing this, right? So most most Westerners will be will think this is yijing. Buy the book, get three coins. Know, or, or even if you're more fancy, get some yarrow sticks, you know, throw the yarrow sticks or the coins, and then open the book, yeah, and then read, you know, like some obscure text, like you know, like, like, like I think Terry Pratchett joked once, you know, like um, you know, the mollusk
0: rises from the, you know, then you meant to put this meaning into your into your life. Yeah, for those who don't, the Terry Pratchett is a science fiction writer, a science fiction fantasy writer, and very British.
1: Yeah. <laughs> right. So, yeah. So um, that's that's the that's the EG most people are familiar with. Okay. But there's a lot more to eating
0: Well, let's okay. hear the let's hear like, the more for part. example, in, in
1: China, this throw the coins and read a passage out of a book is hardly ever done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is more or less a practice in the West. And it started with um I wouldn't say started with, but it's more popular with Confucian Confucian who we, we were non-religious more or less non-religious in a sense um, and it's meant to be the voice of the ancestors but dao, in Daoism in the more in the other, there, there are other ways of doing the Yijing as well, like for example a, a good Yijing using what we call the um, for example uh, hua or Plumphan or Meihua, sorry, Meihua Yijing, which is like um plum flower e jin. Doesn't use coins or anything. Yeah, look outside, count how many birds that just happen to fly past. Or he's doing a reading for someone, look at the colour of their clothes and pick the pick the hexagram like this. So um look at someone's body language and read and read the e Jin from just from what he's saying. And doing some calculations, using numbers and this sort of thing. You know, just from someone's body language, the colours they wear. The words they happen to say. He looks for patterns in nature, not just using coins. Right. Um, another way, much more complex.
0: Um, is it below. sort of? A, is it too simple to? But is it a fair summary or simplistic to say it's a way of reading the animistic shamanistic world around you? That's perfectly accurate. Yeah. Oh, okay. Good for me. <laughs> right.
1: Okay. Right. Another another way. Is, um it's called lo yao. it's much more involved in Leo means six and yao means lions. okay and basically it combines Jin with um, aspects of Chinese astrology to get more accurate readings right right down to for example you're looking for um, a date for example or you're looking for a um you're looking for a Um, an opportunity in your job to get promotion. Um, L'Oreal can be that so accurate that it can tell you the height of the boss that you have to go and see to, you know, like, and not just some obscure, it doesn't use the the Yijin text at all. It uses its own way of analysing the hexagrams and the patterns of change to give you more accurate information. So uh, so just to point out that Yijing means a lot more what most Westerners think There's actually many other ways of doing it you know.
0: And the the how does the well I don't know if I should ask first how does the zodiac tie de, tie in or how does the hexagram tie in? But I imagine that they're all related,
1: interrelated. Yeah, there, there's a kind of correspondence there. Remember that when we say zodiac, we're talking about elements and yin and yang.
0: Which okay. is which zodiac? I I I read that there's. The lunar zodiac. There's the uh, Jupiter zodiac. Like we, this is going to sound stupid. You're
1: looking, at, you're looking at the Jupiter one
0: here. Okay, you're looking at the Jupiter
1: one here. Yeah. So that's called the second January cycle, the cycle of sixty years. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, it's called the it's called the jazz calendar because these are the um, it's how it begins. Jia is like a. It's like the Chinese word for a, if you like. And, and you no, know, jazz uh, like the Chinese for A and Zill for B, for example, which is like A B then A C A D, and it
0: carries on like that. You know, so like, we know why they six. picked Jupiter as opposed to the Sun. I mean, there's a lunar one also, but I, I mean, there must be something where they must no, there have... is a Sun. There is a solar one too. Oh, there is. Is it? Yeah. By but any... a... did they come yes, up with well, the same shapes the as cal- us?
1: That's ah, the calendar of the solar, the
0: solar terms. Okay. Yeah. I say us. Um, I, I'm in the United States, us. So I hear you. Like, in other words, when, when the Chinese looked at the Zodiac, did they see, for instance, a Scorpio during Scorpio, uh, you know, during, or did they see a different shape? Or, or is that just lost yeah, the time? Yeah, they,
1: they see a completely different thing. They, they have. Um, Thank goodness. 20, they have 28 basic constellations.
0: Okay. Because um, um, I, uh, I look up, I see nothing. I have to be honest, I mean, I see the Big Dipper, the Little Dipper, and I see the, you know, Orion's Belt, and that's interesting. But I look up and people say, see that? No, I don't. Well,
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, really, that's all you need to see. You just need to see what you need to see, you know. <clears throat> for most for most um, astrologers, if you went up to the average astro- astrologer and say, oh, can you point to a Libra? They probably wouldn't be able to see. Yeah, okay, good. The yeah, and so... I don't think it's
0: necessary. So I'm just you confessing know. that, So that's okay. Yeah.
1: Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> so you know, so I don't think it's necessary to like point out, you know, where all
0: is or anything. Okay. So what are what is feng shui? Uh, and and you know, not the uh, you know redecorate. I mean, there's the redecorating aspect that I, I'm sure comes from the actual. History okay. or philosophy. But what is Feng Shui? Okay. Right. So
1: Feng Shui to go back. Right, the origin of Feng Shui is about um how to bury the dead. Oh. Yeah. Right. That's the original Feng Shui, all the first books. Um it's called yin Yinjai Shui. Which means, you know, the house of the dead basically. Not the not the video game by the way. Right. Right. do you remember that?
0: No, I right. um video games my are, is my thing.
1: thing. Yeah. <laughs> right. But anyway, so you had this um idea that when your ancestors die, yeah, they're still linked to your prosperity. And to keep them in and to keep that prosperity in your lineage, in your family lineage, um, you had to ensure a really good burial for the dead, for your ancestors. So that's where the where verse function comes from. Like the most, of the, you know, the earliest and most original books are about how to bury the dead properly, right. because if you didn't bury the dead properly, yeah, you could be in trouble.
0: So yeah. uh, is the terracotta uh, uh, army sort of funschweig on on steroids, or is it, uh, or is it, is it like of, a pyramid? Kind of in
1: a sense, yeah, you know, in a sense, but it's more, it's, it's more to do with the fact that, um, luckily the emperor Qin didn't want to sacrifice people anymore. And so he, to, so he made up his own ones, you know, to help him in the spirit world. Oh, that's good. But, but a lot of feng shui, you know. And I, I would argue there's also a Western feng shui too.
0: Sure,
1: go ahead. That's just not called that, you know. Like if you, in my own country, you have like Stonehenge mm-hmm. or churches built in the right place, you know. Or, or, even a, or even a village built in the right place where you can get the most prosperity near a river. You know, not too
0: far behind this mountain or in front of it. That's feng shui, originally. Or mound building, also, mound yeah, burials. You know, I mean, town planning. You know, so a lot. Some so the early feng
1: shui a lot of its common sense. You know, don't build your house too here, otherwise you're not be able to grow any crops. You know, right? right. And you know, so um, you don't get enough sunlight here.
0: Or if you do, you're eating your ancestors, which is you know yeah, sort right. of like a. Be worse than actual cannibalism. I don't know. I'm not, I don't want you to grade which is worse, but
1: uh, yeah. <laughs> so, so anyway, so the earliest feng shui was about, um, about what it's what you call land form feng shui. So, looking at the shape of the land, not the color of a bedroom. Gotcha. You know. So, it's looking at the shape of the land, how the rivers flow, the quality of the soil. Like um they say if you have a good Fung Schwein master, I mean, he doesn't pick up a handful of soil from your garden and look at it. He's he's not a very good Fung master. Yeah. Right. Um they shouldn't just go straight into um uh bedroom go, oh darling, you know, this should be a like a nice colour, you know, right? That sort of thing.
0: I hope Vicky doesn't hear this.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Because I'm not
0: so. editing that out, so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: Uh, right. So yeah, so um so a good feng shui master actually looks at the um situation of a place. Um what is it, Cecil B B. DeMille said, you know, uh, location, location, location. Sure. That's feng shui.
0: Okay, right. very, very and good. whether
1: it's for the living or the dead,
0: it's about getting good energy and um ideas. So so all such so. as that all over yeah. my, my condo where there's two dolphins together or two roosters together or two or two turtles yeah. together. That uh, yeah, but,
1: Right, okay. That kind of function, There is some reality behind it.
0: Okay, good. You
1: know, because if you think of psychology and how
0: we yeah, deal I, I, with I, I don't want you to cause a fight in my condo because let, let me be clear to the audience. I will lose that fight to La Sicaria. She will beat me 10 out of 10 times. <laughs> right.
1: I mean, so, I mean, yeah, I mean there are aspects of this, but maybe a film, a, film, a Chinese feng shui guy would do it differently from how a Western would do it. Like we do, we we do place certain objects in certain areas. certainly uh, not dol- you know, dolphins, <laughs> because that's not really a Chinese thing.
0: Okay.
1: Like things like elephants or tigers, and even you know certain crystal formations. This is where it becomes magic. You start leading into organizing space. To attract certain energies, um, which is basically a good definition of magic really, you know so um um there are certain ideas you know using color and the form you know where where you can change your prosperity you know um, in your life, but you see, you need to be really careful that you don't slip into a kind of new age interpretation of this
0: right okay. it's too. It's too trade. It's 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 too commercialization of something that's much deeper. Yeah, there's like
1: a lot of things now. I mean, yeah, I
0: mean that's, that's let's just call that a, yeah. I mean, hey, let's call that America's fault. Well, the yeah, United States' you know, fault. I mean, you know, I was brought up as a Catholic. And, you know, you could buy like spinning Jesus's with light bulbs on and stuff. You know, they like flashing. It's <laughs> so it's like that, but it, but it's not quite uh, turning Christmas into Santa Claus. It's turning Christmas yeah. into Jesus baubles is basically what it is. Yeah, okay. sure. So, okay, so um, I wanted to get into – geez, I have to read my whole because You were talking about ghosts that were very important, and I'm sure that that is tied into the ancestor worship. But the go, you need ghosts for the magic. And I also want to talk about, so I don't forget it, the, the the enormous difference in how the serpent or dragon is viewed in the east versus the west. Okay.
1: Right. Um, right. So, right. So the idea of ghosts in um, uh, Chinese magic is like I say, it's tied to the idea of ancestors, um, the angry dead. You know, it's it's a it's a feature in most ancient cultures, like um, if you. It's an old story, like um, this explorer goes to, I think it's somewhere in Africa or Borneo or somewhere like that, I can't remember exactly, but it's one of those kinds of shamanic cultures where they still preserve those traditions. And this um, visiting university guy, you know, anthropologist, Mm -hmm. walks into the uh, um, witch doctor's um, tent or whatever. And the, and the witch doctor's breath is taken it away and he says, oh. and he's like amazed. And he says, D- don't you bury your ancestors in England or America, or wherever he's from? And the anthropologist says, why'd you say that? He says, because behind you, um, are all your ancestors looking unhappy. Mm. And this kind of gives you a key idea of, you know,
0: is this because. Is this because in in the West, I'm assuming it's the same in Europe, and certainly it is. in the US that we bury our dead in these boxes as opposed to just into the earth,
1: drop them and forget them.
0: Yeah, but also that they they can't become one with the earth again. It's it's not ashes to ashes, dust to dust. It's it's slow decomposition, and that's just based on the quality of of the box and how much lining there is. I mean, it's it's I mean I. I I don't like to get so boxy, but I think it's, I mean, I think it's a general waste of real estate to begin with, but especially when, you know, we're organic materials. And I mean, you know, again, ashes, ashes, dust, dust, and you you defeat that in our our burial, which is entirely for the living. You know, it's entirely to, you know, it's it's some artificial construct that, that, that helps the living to you. Basically you want to see your loved one in basically a comfortable plush bed.
1: Right, yeah, a lot of it's about forget forgetting. Yeah, you know, um, like to be forgotten, you know, is a, a terrible thing in China. Um, you know, even if you go back to like Babylonian texts, you know, like um, may my name be remembered, mm-hmm. this kind of thing. But the idea that, you, uh, like, like in Chinese in Chinese philosophy, to be cut off from your ancestors is is to become um, to be alone and also to be cut from your ancestors is meant to cut yourself off from that ancestral reservoir of knowledge and wisdom which has developed over generations which you could have access to but you're no longer part of that because in the like in the West we say we bury and we forget mm-hmm. you know we, we've made death and old age to prove it and not a thing of respect yeah. so um So I think Chinese, you know, even if you're not into magic or anything like that, there's one thing we could learn, you know, is is learn more about family and lineage and our ancestors, even if they're not nice ancestors. then, Then we need to respect that heritage too. Even if it has to teach us a lesson in, you know, like a lot of, I mean, a lot of our ancestors would have done things that weren't nice. We need to learn from that as well. Well, Never forget these things. I, I
0: I I promise I didn't make up this saying. Somebody else did. I can't remember, but it always stuck with me. So I always remembered it. And they said, Good judgment comes from experience, experience comes from bad judgment.
1: Yeah, sure. So we, you know, we should we, So changing our history and forgetting our history to look at it on another level, you know, is something that we shouldn't be doing. You know, even though we may do it unconsciously, and sometimes we have to relearn our history, which is okay. Absolutely, yeah. But that's part of the ancestor thing. Yeah,
0: People shouldn't be afraid of history, and it doesn't mean that you have to be proud of all history. History is history. No, <laughs> I mean, it's no, important. No, I'm, I'm British. You know, you know. <laughs> I, 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 I'm, I'm American. We, we, we learned absolutely no lessons from you. I mean, yeah. <laughs> practically. I mean, I guess we learned a few, like no quartering <laughs> and things like that. But beyond that, not not, not not the big ones or the lessons we learned maybe were the wrong ones. I don't know. I, that, that's for a different yeah. show and, and dis- different yeah, disciplines anyway. But anyway, we should, we should learn from our ancestors up the
1: history, even when it's not pleasant. Exactly.
0: Yeah. I, I, exactly correct. Okay, let's talk about serpents. Um, this serpents and dragons usually, you know, I mean, poor, uh, uh got, got, cut out of our constellation. The serpent bearer, the serpent is often, you know, the, the, you know, Satan, the devil, evil, the snake, you know, Eve yeah. is the serpent. The reptilians are ruling the world. Every, everything serpent and uh, dragons have to be slain that, you know, they're, you know, St. George had to kill the dragon to, you know, sure. uh, cu- cure Britain. Not, not so, not, not in the, not in the east, uh, you know. In, in the east, no, the, the dragon no. is venerated. One of those four animals was the azure yeah, dragon. Because you know, uh, again, it represents
1: wisdom. The serpents represent energy to dragons. You know, we don't we don't kill energy. You know, right. we we want to use it and help, and it helps us. You Know, um, yeah, like there is a big difference between dragons on the east and dragons in the west, but maybe that's because they're not really the same thing, you so
0: know. Elaborate, right?
1: So, you know, it's like in drag, you know, dragons are translation using, you know, um, basically European language to translate a, a concept roughly, yeah, right? And so, so, like, when, when we say Chinese dragon, what we really mean is. Long, which is like a um, kind of looks a bit like a dragon. So there's you know there's also a Chinese unicorn mm-hmm. called a, um, a qilin, which is actually looks nothing like a unicorn either. You know so. But anyway, to get to the idea that um, there's two points I think is firstly um, dragons probably have a um, they probably have a, a much more Rich history in the in the West too, where they weren't always bad, you know. But they, sometimes they were. You know. But however, <clears throat> I've got my own theories about that, it's to do with energy, um, like um, the, you know, you know, Saint Michael killing the um, the dragon. It comes from an image of Apollo, um, sort of killing the Python, mm-hmm. which created the the gas that's necessary for the Python, the oracle to you know, go into a trance and give the devil a of course. Of course. Yeah, that's, what, that's, what, that's where originally that image comes from, of a sun, of a solar deity, you know, killing a, a dragon. But to return to the Chinese idea, uh, the Chinese idea is to do with the, the, mainly the weather, you know, water, their spirits of weather, you know, or weather in, in Chinese is called Tianqi which means, like, heavenly qi. So not all dragons are good in China, either. Let's get this straight, too. Okay. Right? So some dragons you had to appease, you know, right? You had to, like, throw things in, um, like, um, throw things in the river, like rice dumplings and stuff, you know? So, which like, little rice, we call it zhanzo, like, little packages of rice, which you used to throw in the with great ceremony, and then do the dragon boat race, like right? Might know this. So it goes back to an old tradition where, like, um, every year you get like these floods or really bad storms or the rains weren't coming, something like this, and you had to appease the dragons to, so um, you get rains for your crops and so on.
0: So they weren't always good, you know. It all starts with the rivers, right? Did it, did all the, yeah. yeah. Tigris, Euphrates, Nile, the, the Yellow right. River. It's, yeah. Sure
1: so so the idea behind the dragon was it basically boils down to weather and water okay
0: and duality um, so not all dragons have, are good so duality it's a, it makes sense it's yeah, consistent right.
1: so they also they're very watery thing. western dragons tend to be quite fiery don't they you know? yes so uh, you know or earthy you know, the,
0: the yeah.
1: kind of poisonous and, Um, But I don't know how, you know, when we read about these um, poise's dragon in the West, I don't know how much they've been informed by later Christian writers or reinterpreting the dragon, you know, in their their sense, you know, in the Christian theological sense. So I don't know how accurate some of those writings are.
0: Well, I think the fairest thing you said is probably one of the first things is when you said they're not the same thing. It's just we give them the same name now in English, but they're... They're, they're not the same creature. They, they have some yeah. similarities, but uh, it's, it's, you know, uh, they're further sure. apart than, like, a lion and a tiger are. They're they're, com- they're completely different things.
1: Yeah, the the, the is different. But then I wonder, like, if you look back in, if you really look back, because I'm not really a great expert in Western mythology, you know. I, I learned something when I was doing the hermetic thing. But, sure. but then you do see, like, some ideas about snakes and dragons which tend towards them more um, at, you know idea of them being uh, dispensers of wisdom which is something eastern dragons can do as well it's usually symbolized by the pearl mm-hmm. i seeing the dragon clutching the pearl you know, and, uh,
0: is that where the phrase pearls of wisdom comes from
1: don't know um, in maybe you know in, chi- in China maybe, but I think maybe it's because it's also it just happens to be a Christian symbol as well. Oh, okay. Like, um, don't cast pearls before swine and that sort of thing.
0: Um, that that one sure. I've never heard. <laughs>
1: so. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so um, yeah, so the dragon's a, a different creature, which um, can we compare them? Maybe a little bit, but not really the same thing, in my opinion.
0: Okay, nice. Yeah. Listen, I think that that's fair enough. Um, yeah. Now, folks, uh, I I hope that you felt that this was Chinese magic, but if you're looking for more practical, uh, like a uh, how-to book, the good news is Jason wrote a book. So it's Jason Reed, and he wrote Practical Chinese Magic. And not only do you get this, a lot of the background and stuff that we are talking about now, but he actually lays out the exercises which you know and he he compares them to to the things that might be closest to it so he'll compare certain things to yoga uh and 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 other cultures um so that you understand sort of you know in your terms uh, when i say you're i'm just you know i'm assuming that you know it's mostly you know euro western centric um and but he actually tells you the chance and you know how many times to repeat things and actually there's photos of uh, hand movements and and there's uh, there's uh, uh, pictures of uh, of how certain things should appear and and so it, it really is a, not just a book on what we've been talking about but there's it, it's literally a how to manual so uh, it's very absorbable. Yeah, that should be in three books. Okay. Yeah, no, well, let's let's hear about the other two then. Yeah, this is great. Yeah, the the, the first one I wrote was a sleep book called Thunder
1: Magic. Uh, which is about a a certain kind of um, inner alchemy it's not like Doctor Strange you know know, it's like um, um, it's it's about an internal alchemy called Leifar which means thunder law, thunder method in Chinese it goes right back to the Song Dynasty it combines Nagong with uh, um, internal alchemy with talismans and stuff like this And it it talks about this. And I've done another one called, which sounds really strange, um, Fox Magic. It's about the nine-tailed fox and the tradition of that through Asia. And some of the magical schools that arose up from the belief in the nine-tailed fox, which you might be familiar
0: with. I have seen the nine-tailed fox, but mostly in in what I thought was Japanese, uh, like a Japanese ghost? Yeah,
1: it's it's Chinese in origin.
0: Okay, so what's the significance of the nine-tailed ghost? And before I forget... I cannot possibly let you go without asking you about Monkey King, so, but let's start with the Ninetale Fox. Oh yeah, will Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, um, yeah. so the Ninetale Fox is about, is basically um, what a Dakini is to Buddhism. It's like a, it's a female spirit that can teach, but it has its dangers. Yeah. I don't know if you're familiar with the idea of Dakini and Tibetan yoga and that sort of thing.
0: I am um, not. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, right okay, so in the yoga tradition there's um, there are female spirits called dakinis, which through meditation and you know, uh, that sort of thing the Dakini can um, uh, communicate with a yogi and um, give teachings and that sort of thing um, usually you know, about um, more methods of gnosis or knowledge and the same idea kind of carried on, carried through to China, through the Nine Tail which has its, but also,
0: it, similarly, even though it has its benefits, it has its dangers. Yeah. So it can exact a cool. price, and that price can be yeah. high. Um, that, well, that's sort of a recurring theme. I mean, listen, it it it, is, it, yeah. it, it got yeah. even Adam cast out of even, right? It, compare it with the Western idea of Lilith, maybe. Like, Ooh, that's that, well, sure, I love that. That's a
1: rough comparison. So I don't want to make a I'm not a great believer in comparative mythology in some areas. I think the, a little bit's okay
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, but you can you can get to the point where you're like trying to match things which don't really match, even though they seem like it on the surface right.
0: Is there a significance to the number nine with nine tails? is it
1: Yeah, there is uh, nine nine is a number you'll constantly see at least in Eastern mysticism. Any multiple of nine has up to nine, nine. So um, it represents eternity, okay. um, immortality.
0: Oh, well, that, that sounds good, but I guess it could also be may you live in interesting times, right? It could be that question. Yeah. All right. Monkey King, who, I mean, everybody's heard of Monkey King, and even if you haven't heard of Monkey King, if you watch Dragon Ball Z, like Goku is, is apparently based on Monkey King, um, right. which is probably the most tritest version of it. Monkey King... Sort of like Hercules, you know, uh, uh, maybe, I don't know. Yeah, Monkey King's an interesting one because he has, again, the real Monkey
1: King has a really ancient history, you know, as an actual god, you know, in in China. Okay. Pretty much similar, very similar to some ideas of Hanuman in India, who also had a monkey god. Um, And he he, he, he represents bravery and virtue, but also things, Things like anger, which can get you in trouble, you know. Yeah. Um, so, the idea of the monkey but the monkey king we're familiar with um, is Journey to the West, you know, um, where a real historical event is taken. And that's how Tanzan goes to India to, to, to fetch the Tripitaka, the three baskets of the law, brings them back to China to promote Buddhism. So, yeah, they only had a little bit of. The Buddhist sutras at that point, and this and it's a real true story. The real monk if we still have his writings went to India and went to a place called Gandhara, which is like a centre of you know um, Buddhist studies, Nalanda University and that sort of place. And he brought it back to China. But the Monkey King is a very clever book, and it's a, a, a kind of t- a, a tale of spiritual growth. So you have these three characters, you know, you know um, the Monkey King, Sun Wukong, Zhu Bajie, or Pixie as we know him as, and and Sandy you who's know, like a water demon. Um, so, and they all appear in Chinese magic as well you know, as characters because they're so beloved in China. But anyway, so these three characters, these three characters represent um, three kind of vices and humanity, monkey with his anger, you know, what demons, you know, on a fight all the time. Right. You know, pigs like the ladies and, um, you know, sort of like, um, so lust and greed Mm -hmm. and Sandy, which
0: is inhumanity, hatred, um, dislike. What a combination.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so, the journey to the West, and the West is very symbolic as well, and it's got, of like something called Xitian, uh, which is like the Western Heaven Paradise in Chinese ideas, and to, as they go towards this paradise, or or the place where the Buddha sutras are, their characters get changed by the journey as they you know travel through experiences of having to be selfless and things like that, and so it's actually a very clever story about regeneration of human vice into human you know, love and compassion
0: and and fighting for good rather than for, you know, ill. I think that that is actually quite nice. Um, That is probably a good place to stop. We have covered a ton of stuff. I want you to tell the folks again the names of your books, where they can find them, and any other way they can follow you. Uh, if you want to be followed, um, if, how they can support you? You know. Okay, like, I'll, I
1: I'll send you a link because I can never remember my own links. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I'm like, you know, because you know, I'm not really a you know this kind of you know I'm, I'm a scholar. You know, I'm yeah. there,
0: You're not a self promoter. You're not a salesman.
1: I don't do much self promotion. So anyway, Ryan, so but I do I do have a new website just being created now actually. Okay. So I'll send you a link for that. Well, so it is yeah. So it's nice and easy. Wait, what All is work? it? maoshantemple.com, M-A-O, um, dot com. That's S H A N Temple T E M P L E
0: dot Okay, that's, that's it. And then, then yeah. your, are your books linked to that website?
1: Not yet. It's still
0: building. So, so let's get the um, the names of the th- well. One is practical Chinese okay. magic.
1: Yeah, you've got thunder magic. Um, you have um, fox magic, and you have practical Chinese magic. And next up is um, Lu Ban, the Lu Ban Sutra, which is a Chinese grimoire, which I'm translating. Oh, cool! Uh, so, um,
0: grimoire describe, is like uh, a book of magic. It
1: has the key of Solomon. Oh, nice. China has its own key songman called the Luban Sutra, which I'm translating right now. And that should be published by Christmas, maybe. <laughs> oh. So you can have open, open up the secrets of darkness from, from your stocking.
0: Perfect. <laughs> what, 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 what is more appropriate for a show called The Garden of Doom than the, the keys to letting in the apocalypse? So perfect. <laughs> uh, Armageddon is us. Um I thank you so much. Send me those links. We're recording this on August do. 27th. Um, I have had an embarrassment of richness in booking guests. So I currently have a six show backlog and I'm doing two shows this weekend and three shows next weekend. So I never know anything with drop shows. The audience knows that. So if you not, great. you've got plenty of time to send me the stuff and I yeah, will I, try to the before, show notes. Before I came on the show, I listened to a few. They're
1: really interesting. Yeah, I
0: appreciate that. great questions. I, I try and, and, you know, I try to read the books that people send me. I try to do a little bit of looking into it, but I try to listen yeah. to all the guests because all of the other guests have informed me. And I really feel like I've taken like graduate level courses in, in these areas from just some of the, 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 great information that guests have have provided me. And uh, it's, it's been a, a amazing journey. I, I don't know how to monetize it. Uh, I don't know if that's particularly important. Um, but I, I really enjoy it, which is probably more important. And I'm glad that, that people, yeah. especially like yourself, who are sort of immersed in, in the occult or alternative or whatever you want to call it, think the show is a quality because that that that's very validating. It reminds me of a friend of mine. Uh, I won't say his name, but uh, he had
1: a new – you know, he, he did his play sound. He all like occulty and everything. Okay. Yeah. It's not the sort of thing I do personally. But he did it, you know, he had, like bath on the wall and stuff. Right. And me and my wife and his, his new girlfriend came out for the first time. And we walked in and he says, oh, welcome to the world of the occult." <laughs> 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 I was hilarious at the time. <laughs> All
0: right, well, I thank you very much. Maybe we'll come, maybe we'll come on again to do a, a, maybe a more detailed exploration of what's... Sure traditional Taoism or something like that, or we'll find other sure. things to talk about, but no, I really yeah, appreciate cool. it. And uh, yeah, I'm always willing. So. Very cool. This, this is great. Um, all right, folks. So you, you know where to follow his website, you know what his books are. Um, and uh, again, we thank you. We rate, review, share with your friends with we'll the show very much benefits from referrals. And uh, we will hear from you again next week in the Garden of Doom. <音楽><音楽> 魔晃都魔晃